What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm Tony Mango, joined by Robert DeFelice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Hey there. <laughs> Being a little bit uh, suspenseful there. Slight. Uh, it wasn't intentional. Pause. <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally just trying to think of something that you're going to say. And realizing <laughs> you don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't quite have the same breadth of content that we can do that with like we did for the refutable kill series where it was like all right let's write down a bunch of different funny lines from the movie and try to start off that way it's like viva la revolution maybe for this i don't know <laughs> that's what we're talking about today we're talking about the AEW revolution pay-per-view coming up this sunday right sunday yeah I keep forgetting which, you know, we, we went for so many years between it is Sunday. I'm much happier with it being on a Sunday on a Sunday. Really? I like the Saturday ones better. Oh, well, I guess that's just that's personal because of how my personal schedule shakes out. Yeah, I'm much I happier mean, with it on a Sunday. I for decades, every single pay-per-view was a Sunday. There was no question about it. And then just two years ago or whatever, it just became like, yeah, why don't we try Saturday's out? And now it's just it's a 50 50 shot of the new. You add in like the Saudi Arabia shows from WWE and it's like, oh, that's like Thursday morning or, or you know, Wednesday afternoon or something and hard to keep track of. But yeah, it's uh, this Sunday, I should say the uh, actual date itself. It's March 5th, just in case I am wrong about that. It's going to be taking place at the Chase Center in San Francisco. And we currently have seven matches that are on this card that we will be breaking down here with our preview. We're going to give our predictions of those matches. We're going to talk about anything else that kind of is circling around this event. And of course, we want to know what you have to say as well. So drop your thoughts in the comments below. If you're listening to this outside of YouTube, then send a tweet at SmartCat Moment or post them on Facebook or the Mega Maniacs or on the website itself, SmartCatMoment.com, or one of the dozen or so different urls that i own that can go and redirect you to smartcomo.com including wwe pay-per-view.com ppv i should say and wwe review.com those are brand new additions to this so if you are on youtube though make sure that you are clicking on all the good stuff that you have over there on your channel feed and your page that you can see right now like the subscribe button that way you get some alerts, especially if you have the email alerts of when we go live for different things like the pay-per-view point post show immediately following this pay-per-view. Also, make sure to hit that like button. Make sure the share button is also there that you can click that and pass this around. Anybody you think might be interested in checking us out, that stuff is greatly, greatly appreciated, as well as the little thanks button that you can see on there, which is like a little tip jar. And the join button, which gives you access to the same exact stuff as the Patreon, and actually that is my preferred method of if anybody's going to hit us up on that kind of side of things, because you get to see the video content. It's better for like the mock drafts and anything else along those lines. So that not only gives you access to the dark cast and the pick your poison tier, but even the $1 a month tier. And it's just a great means to help keep the lights on, help uh, keep the motivation and morale up and everything else that's going on there. So if you consider doing that, then you are an awesome person in my book also, pick up some merchandise on Redbubble or Public. If you got any ideas the designs that are not up there, hit me up. I'll try to work something out. Enough plugs for right now, though. Let's start getting into some pay-per-view point. We'll bounce back around here and there. Uh, we do have seven matches that are on this card. I am expecting to have at least some other match 
one or two maybe because they currently don't have anything announced for being a part of the buy-in or well the zero hour they're still calling them zero hours now right i think so i don't think that anybody had to buy in did they say buy-in for this one no it's a it's a zero hour probably but it's a pre-show yeah in any fashion whatever they call it the pre-show always has at least one match and past couple of AEW events we've had we've had anywhere between like three to like five different matches that are on there so i do expect to see something added to the card we know of course we don't know the tag team that's going to finish out the fatal four-way or not fatal four-way they don't call that but we don't really know what's going to end up happening for dynamite tonight we don't know what's going to happen for rampage we will address the dynamite stuff at the very least on the hot tags if they adjust anything else to the card. But generally speaking, you guys think that there are any matches that are lingering right now that they might be adding to the card, either on the pre-show or on the main show? I'm sure Hook will do something. Hook has been popping up quite a bit. It wouldn't be too shocking for me for them to just be like, all right, it's Hook against, and then they just sort of pick somebody because they've kind of done that before. It's like, you know, out of the blue it's like oh hook's gonna defend against the butcher or something and then lo and behold there you go that's the end of it <laughs> you know i think jade cargill not being on this card is interesting they'll probably just give her a squash nothing else really standing out for me though yeah nothing too crazy like no one really feels like they're missing that they can't just fix real quick you know Anybody on your end, Callum? I think they're just accounting for the fact that one of these matches is going to be an hour long. Mm-hmm. And so they've made it a smaller card. Yeah. Like we typically have like a, a 12 or 13 match AEW card, and they've decided to restrict it down to seven, which I think I think they might at least test it out to see if it makes the show more palatable, because one of the things that we do say about AEW shows is they take too long. So I'm totally happy with a seven-match card. Um, and I think that they could put more stuff. I mean, we've already seen that they're doing the Face of the Revolution ladder match, which used to take place at Revolution, is being t- is happening on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do some other title matches or bigger matches on Rampage because they can make that show a little bit bigger. And then, yeah, and just focus on these ones. I don't. I think we're probably going to get maybe one or two buy-in matches, but they'll but they'll be relatively short because that only gets contained within the hour anyway. And so you can keep this pay-per-view to a bit more of a concise, probably three to four hour level, hopefully. I was still expecting you to say five to six hours somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, that Iron Man match is going to take up, obviously, more than 60 minutes because it's got to take the entrances and, you know, if anything happens afterward, if they go over time, anything like that. So they don't have enough space to be able to just be like, okay, we're going to add three or four more matches to the main card and then three or four matches to the pre-show. They might even move one of these to the pre-show for all we know. And I don't think that's going to be the case because they all seem like they're big enough to be able to be on the main card. But we've seen crazy things happen before in pro wrestling. So it's not like it's completely unfounded. But I do think we're going to get Jade Cargill defending her title against somebody. I am completely in the dark about who that might be because I am not aware of anybody that she's like necessarily feuding with right now. Am I just like uh, missing out on something here, or is there like something on dark? Maybe that had happened, or nope. 
I didn't think that there was. <laughs> no, no one's, no one's feeding, yeah, no one's feeding with Jade Cargill right now. Yeah, so I mean, maybe they just go, hey, that's not going to be on this card. Maybe they're going to do something on Rampage. Maybe we do get that. Same thing with Hook. I mean, Hook's not really somebody that they tend to build like the biggest feuds around. So he's got some stuff. He's going to do some things here and there. Uh, Jungle Boy and Christian not being on this card, I think it's kind of interesting. But I don't I think that can, that would be a pre-show could throw match. That in real quick. You think that for the main card, or you think they, pre-show? They, they definitely could, yeah, for the main card. I got a feeling at this point, since it's not on the main card, that it'll just be on like Dynamite or or something. I don't know if we have any like special episodes of Dynamite coming up or anything. It's hard to tell. I mean, sometimes they're just kind of like, well, today we're in Grand Rapids, so we're gonna call it AEW Dynamite. Uh, I don't know, Rapid Spin or something. <laughs> Why would Pokemon move? But, um, yeah, like, looking at this list, I mean, I don't think that we need to see Swerve Strickland's guys have a random match on the pre-show or something, but we might. We might see the uh, the people who don't win a spot in the four-way, like one of the tag teams, do something like that. Might see Mark Briscoe wrestle. I don't know. It is kind of strange to me that they are doing the Face of the Revolution ladder match not on this card. Even though this is technically not a part of the Revolution thing, it's going to happen tonight. So, you know, why don't we toss that out for a prediction anyway? Because why not? You know, (laughs) I mean, it's something that normally would have been on there and we can still predict it for Dynamite tonight. So the Face of the Revolution ladder match that we have set up is not the, um, the group that I would have gone with. To be honest, I mean, there's some people that I thought, hey, that's pretty obvious that that person's in there. But the group that they've got is Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, Konosuke Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, Powerhouse Hobbs, AR Fox, Action Andretti, and Commander. Now, I don't know anything about Commander. Where did he come from? Came from Mexico. Is he AAA or CMLL? Or- I believe AAA. Yeah, one of those things. Yes. Um, Takeshita is going to win. Anyone anyone feel otherwise? I actually was leaning more towards Eddie Kingston. I don't think Eddie Kingston will be winning. Because in my mind, and I'm going to spoil what I expect to be the end of the pay-per-view itself, I don't expect MJF is going to lose his championship. So I'm looking at this as who... It doesn't matter. Yeah, what are you talking about? It's not for the world championship. It's They're for, fighting it's for Joe. That's why like Joe's on commentary. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. That was an extra little thing on there. Uh, okay, that changes it. Thing. They're, uh, that's what they do every year. This is for the TNT title. I thought that it was for the world title. No. Huh. Okay, well, I mean, that slightly changes that then, because I was like, oh, Eddie Kingston would be a really good opponent for MJF and moving forward and all this. And that's definitely not happening, by the way. Why do you think okay. that that's uh, too much like heat or something? ROH spoilers. I have not checked the ROH spoilers yet. They oh. did like a bulk taping, right? Yes. Well, you should. Um, yes. Eddie Kingston's not winning this match. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's roll him out then. If this is for a match against Samoa Joe for the TNT title, then the Wardlow. Hmm? Yeah. Well, well yeah, because... Yeah, Oh, if it's Mozart, that's what you said. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just didn't hear that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
if it's against the TNT champion, then that does change things quite a bit because then that starts to make me think, okay, well, Powerhouse Hobbs probably is, has a good chance of, of winning this. I don't think Takeshita is exactly the person that I would go with necessarily for this. I do think that they want to push him quite a bit, and I can definitely picture him winning that TNT title at some point this year. I don't think it's going to, spoiler alert, I don't think it's going to be from Wardlow. So I think I'd have to go at that point either Sammy Guevara or Powerhouse Hobbs and maybe just go with Hobbs. Keep it simple. If Wardlow wins, it's Hobbs. And I guess that's, since this match happening first, it's reversed. If Hobbs wins, it's Wardlow. But I think that they'll ultimately keep it on Joe and put Takeshita over. I would say Takeshita is the best choice if you want to leave the winner of the Eva Samojo Wardlow match completely open-ended. Because we just know that Takeshita is in great matches with everybody, whether they're heel, babyface, or whatever. So I think the one that you choose, if you don't want to at least lean in one direction, that, okay, either Joe's definitely winning or Joe's definitely winning, I think... Kingston and Ortiz. Ortiz is very unlikely. Kingston, as Rob says, has got other priorities at the moment. I think that Commander won't win, but he's there to have a good showing. Um, you have, uh, yeah, Guevara and Andretti, I think, will cancel each other out. So, yeah, it comes down to either Takeshita or Hobbs, but I think... Because if Hobbs wins, I'd want Hobbs to win the title. But I don't think that either Joe or Wardlow would drop. Well, it, it seemed likely then it was going to be Wardlow against Hobbs. And would Wardlow just win the title to then drop it pretty mm-hmm. soon after? Yeah, so unlikely. Also, like, I think that... If it's those three, and we go with Hobbs, do we just really go in a circle? Just to get back to Wardlow, Hobbs, and Joe? I I would hope not. Well, yes, that's why I'm leaning towards Takeshita as well. Do you think if Takeshita wins, do you think that he would win the title? Or do you think that he would just have a good match? So. He can no, beat I... Joe. It depends on what they want to do with, with Joe, because I think you know he's going to be spread thin between ROH and AEW, and it depends on where they feel he's best served. Well, we will come back to that and talk about the TNT 100%. title. Um, but obviously tonight we're going to get some kind of definitive thing when it comes to the base of revolution ladder match. So that might be a little bit of an indication of where they go. If it ends up just being like, Hey, it's AR Fox, then we'll be like, Oh, okay. You know, that's a little strange, but, um, at least we are all thinking that there's almost no chance that like Ortiz, for instance, wins or something, but we've been shocked before they've done some crazy things. As far as the casino tag team battle Royal that we're getting tonight, that is going to determine who is the fourth team in the four way for the title at the pay-per-view itself. So let's go from one and then transition to the other. The battle Royal currently has announced. We got a uh, Roosh and Preston Vance. We got top flight, best friends, Aussie open, uh, Jared and lethal is not, in that wait, this is a different type of thing that I'm I'm looking at. You're looking at last week. Yeah, I'm looking at last week. 
<laughs> I am all over the place when it comes to this. So we we have those, a couple of those teams. You got uh, Menard and Parker, um, teams that are definitely not going to win, like the Dark Order. But we got some good people like the Lucha Bros. We got Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio, which I'm kind of like, hmm, I don't know. The way that I look at this, you got the guns, you got the acclaimed, you got Jared and Lethal. More than likely, the fourth team's probably going to be another babyface team, but it doesn't have to be. And they could very easily just be like, it's Roosh and Vance. Whatever. The acclaimed are the ones you guys are going to cheer for. Everybody else, they just fight. But the bottom three in the graphic, Lucha Bros, Top Flight, and Claudio and Wheeler, all make sense to me. And those are the three that I keep focusing the most on. You're also forgetting that there will be a Joker because this is a casino battle royale. That could always be FTR. That could always be a returning team that, you know, pay popped up uh, here and there. It could be a brand new team. It could be somebody from another company. The Joker doesn't always win, but it's hard not to go, well, a Joker pick is kind of the one that you should maybe go for. So I think if the Joker group ends up being FTR, they win. But if it's anybody else, I'm leaning more towards Lucha Bros, Top Flight, or Wheeler and Claudio. And given those options, I'm leaning a little bit right now towards the Lucha Bros more than anybody else. Um, I've, I mean, I've kind of said before that I was leaning towards FTR, but recently that kind of wavered a bit because of the whole. That now more than ever, it feels like CM Punk's coming back, and so I, I think I think that maybe even might, at this show, who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think necessarily straight at this show, but it does feel like it's more reality than it has before. So and. F- that we lost you there, Cal. So, unless wait, uh, go back and say you said uh, more than ever, it looks like CM Punk's going to return. And then what? I was going to say that um, FTR will be woven into that. Yeah. So I think that would restrict their chances of being in the tag team scene if they're in the trios division instead. So what is it about so, the CM Punk thing they think is leaning more towards him coming back, more more so than anything else? Um, everybody's it's just very... certain things that people were saying. It's like that. Everybody's getting very loud again. And when people start to get very loud, it starts to be like, all right, there's a reason you're making all this noise. Hmm. It's like the um, Mark Henry tweet that went out and then CM Punk liking that and Dax Harwood getting super excited about it. But Dax Harwood says a lot about a lot of things. So maybe <laughs> shouldn't be reading too much into and it. And CM Punk but, you know, um, sharing a graphic saying it's clobber in time, but it's like the FT- FTR and Cornette, and everybody got all excited about that. Um, it just feels like like so, it's gonna happen. So if I just like take that in my mind, and even though there's a very good possibility it could happen, I think the Luke Bros are definitely a good choice. They seem to be. I mean, they seemed last week in the Battle Royal to be the most over team in it. If you just want to go with that route, then that's a perfectly fine choice. I think that they've done, considering it's their friends by 
Lethal and Jarrett on Rampage. It does seem to be building up towards the fact that they are going to put the best friends in there. Seems like the most natural fit in terms of the booking leading up to this. Especially because Trent was the one who's the last man standing in the Battle Royal. Satnam Singh being there and they seem to be the team that Lethal and Jarrett at the very least are keen to keep out of that match. So, but I like the fact that it's, it's quite open-ended because for me, it's either Lucha Bros, Best Friends, Top Fly, or uh, Blackpool Combat Club. And realistically, of any of those four choices. See, Top Flight is a team that I was expecting to be in this range. But the more that I think about it, the more that I think that they might end up being a really, really solid pick to be the next ROH Tag Team Champions. And I've... I haven't seen anything that, like, officially, you know, like, hey, well, you know, the spoilers for the uh, thing. No, no tag you know, spoilers for Ring of Honor. I haven't seen anything that would be, like, indicating that that's, you know, Top Flight hasn't cut a promo being like, well, we're going to go for the ROH tag titles or anything. But it just seems to make sense to me. Like, just one of those kind of obvious put the belts on them like that and they'd be a good fresh team for Ring of Honor. Then at the same time, you... You don't have to deviate from any of your plans from the AEW tag titles and everything. You can put that on a more established team, et cetera, et cetera. So it would make sense to me if they got in this match to be able to get a good showing and then be like, well, they did a good showing here. So then let's get them there. But it's kind of one of those like, you know, you could technically put anybody in here. I don't think that anybody that wins this battle royale is going to win the tag team titles at the very least. And I guess let's just transition over to that. We got the guns. We got the acclaimed. We got lethal and Jarrett. Pick, buddy. I thought you did. Go ahead. No. Well, who's going to go in there and what do you think is going to win the title match itself? Darby and Sting. I think they're winning both. I think they're huh. the Joker and I think they're winning the tech titles. Hmm. What makes you go with that? Because we cut a random promo a couple weeks ago where st- where Darby's just like, well, I guess I'm not fighting Joe anymore. And then Sting is just, yeah, but we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. Okay, and Sting is usually on every pay-per-view, and where is he right now? So why not have Sting and Darby in here? You got, that pretty much wraps up the Jarrett and Lethal stories in a nice bubble. And people want to, people pay to see Darby. Darby's a major attraction. Sting is a major attraction for these pay-per-views. And I think this is a great chance to get him on the show and nobody's talking about it. As much as I have been saying for the longest time, I want those two to separate a little bit and that I'm not quite as gung ho about Darby Allen as everybody else's. I don't think that he's like, you know, some people are like, who should have won the world title already or something like that. I'm like, ah, no, like let's cool our jets a little bit. I would be okay with that. If you had Darby Allen and sing as tag team champions for a little bit. I mean, the guns beat the acclaimed and I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of that because I like the acclaimed, but Having a short little run like that, then passing it over to Darby Allen and Sting, and then they have a short little run and they give it to whoever else they give it to. I'm okay with that. Wouldn't be opposed. Not, if not them, since I know that's my, you know, my off the wall pick, even though I'm sticking with it, I think Best Friends would be a good shout because they are two guys who they were in the first, like, hey, AEW is forming, yay. And they haven't done anything. Like, it's well past time to 
you know, put titles on them or something. And they feel like a team to me that if AEW didn't grow in the way that it did, if, you know, the revival never gets released, if certain things don't happen, maybe they would have been champions by now. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't mind seeing them get the belts. But ultimately, I am going to go with the fun pick of Darby and Stinger, the Jokers, and we get them as tag team champions. When it comes to the tag team title match itself, where are you leaning, Callum? Oh, the guns will retain. Yeah, it's a, no, they're no. believable. Idea. Yeah, I've got, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got no doubts in my mind that uh, the guns going to retain. I wouldn't be shocked if they end up losing the titles, and it ends up going to almost anybody. I don't, of course, think that like. Uh, say like uh john silver and alex reynolds are gonna win the tag team battle royale then they're gonna win this but if you keep it on the guns i'm not gonna be shocked if you get it back to the acclaimed wouldn't be shocking to me but i could see a scenario where lethal and Jarrett win it to be perfectly honest i don't think that would be all too crazy i i, I think based on the um based on the reaction that they got when they won the tag team titles compared to what the guns were when they got the titles, I think in the back of Tony Khan's mind, he probably does think maybe I should have just kept that title switch mm-hmm. instead of the guns ones instead, because they got super mega heat when they won that uh, won those tag titles. Whereas the acclaim, when the acclaim dropped it to the guns, it was more of a flat like, oh, okay, why that kind of attitude. Um, and yeah, if you'd had uh, Lethal and Jarrett as tag champions for the last couple of weeks or months then you definitely could have had the acclaimed when the title was back here and get a big like secondary monster pop out of it uh, but i think that it's just been too soon since the guns won it that if you essentially and again like if they feel like they response they received then that's totally fine but i think that having the guns lose the titles here to anyone is an admission of yeah we made a really big fuck up putting the titles on them and we didn't mm-hmm. actually and we don't actually have a plan for Yeah, but I'm also okay with it. Like, they're still a young company. They can, you know, they can afford a fuck-up like this. It's not the monstrous fuck-ups that we saw during, you know, All Out and stuff. This is kind of like, ah, we wanted to give it to this young team. It didn't work out. We're moving on. So, I mean, uh, obviously, they might do something tonight beyond the battle royale that might end up being like more of a spoiler of what's going to go down. Maybe they end up being like, Hey, you know, backstage, this person got attacked and they're going to start a feud with this person. Or, I mean, you know, they could go in any number of different directions. So we might end up changing our opinions about how this plays out by the time we get to the hot tags, but we will address that. We come around to that. And just to let you guys know about some other things that are going to be happening on the hot tags, we're also going to be talking about the Smart Madness tournament because that is currently up right now on the website. You can see that up on the sidebar of smartmm.com with the qualifying round. You guys got two people that you can, or two families, I should say, that you can enter into the bracket by voting on that. And by the time we get around to the hot tags, we're going to have that settled. I will be starting round one of the tournament 
And we'll give it like a very, very quick breakdown of that. I mean, we're not going to dive super deep into it, but we will address that on the hot tags here and there. So if you want to know who is going to go up against the Anawai family and who is going to go up against the Hart family, go ahead and vote on that while you can. Got a couple more days right now that you can settle on whether you want to vote for like the Bellas or the Hardys or the Matthews family, whatever it might be. Also, if you are on the sidebar of Smart Cat Moment and you want to do another thing, you should be entering the Road to WrestleMania contest we've got going on with the Dusty Roads Funko Pop on the line. Three of them are actually going to be sent out from fun.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring this. And, you know, this is all just to celebrate the idea that Cody Rhodes is going to go on and fight for the championship at WrestleMania. So we want you guys to take part in this. And there are tons of different ways for you to enter and you can actually get one per day for different uh, parts of the entry options. So you got lots and lots of different ways that you could win. And they're very simple too. Most of them are like retweeting this or, you know, following us on Facebook or Twitter or subscribing to the YouTube channel and everything like that. So if you already are subscribed and you want to be a part of this, then go ahead and do that. That's another great little thing for me to just be like, Hey, look, I'm trying to, Give you guys a little bit back here, you know, just kind of the opposite of the uh, marketplace stuff. Of course, don't forget about this marketplace stuff that I've mentioned already. And, you know, keep in mind that we've got the upcoming best wrestlers movies discussion coming up soon. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But, hey, we're talking Hollywood. So let me go ahead and mention that real quick. Then let's bounce back and talk more about this revolution card with another one of these just you know, hey, let's uh, transition over from one tag team thing to another. The AEW World Trios Championship match. The Elite defending against the House of Black. Which, honestly, I did not expect that they would go straight to this quite yet. Because I had had down House of Black as my next champions. Now I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> God, I hope not. The Elite just won these titles. And if they drop it right now... I don't think that's really the right course of action. So this will be fun. I'm sure it'll be good. And I'm going to go with the elite winning. When people started saying, oh, the house black, the house black, I was very adamant. It's too soon. It's too soon. If you go straight to them, they should lose. And it's too soon. And guess what? I feel like they should lose. I I want the elite to have these damn belts. They, you know, it's cool to have them as champions. It keeps them in their own little bubble, which is something that I don't necessarily love, but I think people just like seeing them in good matches and this provides that. And I'm sure they're having a good time working with each other. So just keep it on them. Also, the House of Black have done nothing. They've done nothing. I don't feel like they, they need this. If you're putting the belts on them, it's just literally to put the belts on them to give them a belt. And right now, I think it's these belts are better on the elite. And since it probably won't happen, I just want to reiterate, I would love to see CM Punk and FTR attack the elite here. But we don't even know where any of that stands. I'm just talking out of my ass. Oh, you got a hell of a talent there to sound exactly the same talking out of your ass as you sound from your mouth. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and here I just fart instead <laughs> leaning in any direction with the elite and house of black Alan. do you want to talk out of your ear fun. see if that happens 
I think it's uh, most likely the Elite will retain the title because essentially you guys have said the reasons for it. It's a bit too soon to have the title switch again. I don't really mind the idea of the six-man tag titles being the titles that switch around most often. I think that can add something. I think it's always worth having a title every now and again, which just goes back and forth between multiple teams every now and again. So I wouldn't be oppo- completely opposed to the House of Black winning the title. But, yeah, I think the, the main the main hook of this match is seeing Kenny Omega and Buddy Matthews essentially be like mirror wrestlers. And just do because Buddy just does all of Kenny's moves. And so mm-hmm. just I just want to see them. Essentially, I'm just waiting for the spot in the match, late on in the match, where they both run at each other, hit uh, dual V triggers at the same time, and the crowd goes crazy. It's just like, that's when the This Is Awesome chant starts. Yeah, this is a very, they might as well open the card with this. Like, this is a very, oh, yeah, they should, yeah. like, everybody's super energetic, let's go, crazy moves, wasn't this fun? Okay, moving on. Mm. And, but yeah, I said the Elite will win, this is probably, like, Exhibit B into the future CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite for the Trios Championships. Now, if it's not FTR and Punk, and it's not the House of Black... Are there any other trios you guys think could be in Tony Khan's mind of being like, all right, well, we'll eventually we'll lead up to this, or do you think he's just sort of flying by the seat of his pants? Uh, Blackpool Combat Club springs to mind. If you do go full hit with them, you could Especially at least considering Mox is feuding with Hangman, I think there's a story there. Yeah, I think there's some connect um, combination of the Jericho Appreciation Society that could do this as well. I mean, it it would likely be Garcia and uh, 2.0 that would be the representatives of that, but you could do another a trio. That's the thing about uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. You've got tri- two trios within them, so you could you could do either one. You could do Guevara and Garcia and uh, J.K. Gersat. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he threw that... Uh, Absolutely, I love this hat. I forgot that we didn't talk about that when we were talking about the hot tags. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe he has something in mind. Maybe he doesn't. You know, he could always come back around to Dark Order too if he wanted to. It's another trio. Yeah, I think there's plenty of options. I think, I think for now, the trio title is kind of just they they'll defend against all comers, and that's the you know we won't get to a real story until the potential of the the punk and FTR thing. And again, that's still quite, I'm not saying it's absolutely going to happen, but that would be the big story that focuses on that title. That's when that title becomes a main event title. Yeah. We're not saying it's going to happen, but we're saying it should, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't expect that. Like the firm is going to be like the next champions and it's going to be Matt Hardy. And I say Cassidy and big bill, like some random pairing. Or, Who are like, you to doubt like the that. firm? <laughs> I'm uh, Tony Mango. I host this podcast. <laughs> I talk out of my mouth. <laughs> well, I do not envy the group that is going to go on after this match because I'm anticipating that this is going to be playing to the crowd exactly the way that, you know, these previous matches that we've had, we're going to see a whole bunch of V triggers, a whole bunch of super kicks. It's going to be uh, like just action, 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 move, 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 move. And people are going to be exhausted afterwards. So whoever ends up following this, they're probably going to be in one of those dead spots, which in my mind, honestly, at this point, 
it sounds mean to say, but the match that I would probably sacrifice is out of the case would be the three-way for the AEW Women's World Championship because I do not anticipate Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho versus Soraya as being the best match of the night by any means. And that's in due part because of Soraya so far has not been, you know, just knocking it out of the park compared to how much I anticipate like Jericho versus Starks or something like that. Uh, I think that this is one of those matches that's just, it's going to exist <laughs> and the end of it's going to be Jamie Hayter retains. And the only real important thing is going to be how they transition from this to Ruby Soho joining Tony Storm and Soraya. We've talked about it before. We all, at least previously, I don't know, you guys might have changed your minds by now, but we've all talked about how Soho makes more sense in that group, that you got somebody like a Willow Nightingale that could be part of the Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker side. Maybe Athena is with Soraya and Storm and Soho. Somebody else, I mean, they, they got some other options. Maybe they'll play around with that, but that they might lead to like a women's blood and guts. And I think this is just another one of those things. you know, Riho being on the more homegrown talent, maybe Nyla Rose, who is not going to have Ricky Guerrero anymore. She is gone from the company and it all kind of just comes back with this thing to, I really do not anticipate haters dropping this belt. I mean, eventually she will just not here. Same page where you got any uh, different opinions. Jamie Hader to drop the belt because you put it on Paige or Soraya and people may be upset, but also yeah, that's a name and you're putting your belt on someone who, you know, even though her turn might have fallen flat, she is a major acquisition from WWE. It was a major get when you got her. And then Ruby, I think people would fucking lose their mind if Ruby finally became champion. I don't know if that's how you transition to her, where she'll actually sit in this rivalry. But I think that no matter what, this match should get a lot of reactions unless they bury it. Like you do the six man and then you do the Texas death match and then you do something else and then you do this. Like, this match should get a ton of reaction. These are three women who really, you know, know how to pop a crowd. Jamie's super over. Ruby's over. People love the song, and they want to see her succeed. And Soraya, you're either going to get a crowd that is tired of her already and will boo like crazy if she wins, or there's probably still a few holdovers that haven't seen her wrestle yet that are like, oh, my God, I'm getting to watch her wrestle. I think that this match could be the the one women's match that they've had that can really get a crowd going. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Ruby wins. But that's probably just wishful thinking speaking. I I I'm, I would not be happy if anyone other than Jamie Hayter walks out of this with still as the champion. She's the best thing you've got in your division right now. She's the best thing going in that, yeah, in the women's side of things. So I think having her lose to either of them would be a, a step down. I, Ruby's obviously, she's very talented, but I just don't think that, I don't see that same level of connection that Rob's seemingly seeing with the crowd and her. I think that she just, she's kind of there. And I think the crowd like her, but I don't think they are, they certainly aren't as into her as they are Jamie Hayter. 
and Soraya wins. So like weeks after the Guns won a match, which a lot of people don't think that they should have won for the titles. If Soraya wins, people are really going to start questioning whether Tony Khan knows what he's doing because she is just not up to speed at all. Like her matches are bad. She her gimmick is like played out and tired. It's a really lame version of Lay Cool or the Bella Twins mixed in with a really bad version of the Outsiders. Mm. And she's she's getting defensive online. Oh, and as I said, she had her right to do so. But I think that she is doubling down on the gimmick because it does get heat, but is it the right kind of heat? Again, is there is is there even such thing as the wrong kind of heat or anything along those lines? But I think that it would be a mistake to have her as the champion because it would be a real drop in match quality to the level that Hater has been consistently providing on TV. And I think right now, when you're trying to establish the Twins vision, yeah, of course you want star power, but I think more than anything else, you want a really credible champion having great matches. And you get that with Jamie, you wouldn't get that with Soraya, and you'd get you get somewhat with Ruby, but it wouldn't be at the same level. So I think that you have to keep the title on Jamie Hater here, as opposed to the as a as a, regards the uh, post match. I think I don't know whether you keep it still open ended after this. Like there's there's still direction to go. I think I don't mind a bit of ambiguity still surrounding where Soho's allegiances end up lying. I don't know if you want to just do it all in one hit here. So I think that we're likelihood is just going to see Jamie Hayter pins Ruby. And then Ruby, you, you see Ruby gets frustrated about it, but I don't think she lashes out until either the next episode of Dynamite or even slightly further along the line than that. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I don't think that the turn's necessarily going to happen here. Probably happen on Dynamite. Because if she just turns here, then you kind of look at it and go, well, then why weren't you working together the whole match? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, like if you're going to have her turn, show the frustration here, but let it play out on another episode of TV. Yeah. And, I mean, Hater pinning Soho puts that kind of as like okay well now i'm specifically mad at at hater as opposed to it being like you know hater pen saraya and Suho's mad that she couldn't get the pen or something the only way i can see that being the case is if you end up having like soho hits a move on saraya and hater like dumps soho out and pins saraya based off of soho's move then it's like oh you know you i had that win you stole it from me but then you're kind of it could be an issue where there's a huge schmoz and Ruby gets caught up in what's happening outside with all the other parties that are involved in the story and can't make it to the ring in time to save. Then mm-hmm. she can go, well, now I'm just sick of this shit and I need to make a decision. Or, yeah, she or could get into a scuffle with like Baker and Rebel or something. You could do something where... Like in order to try and even the odds of the fact that both Britt Baker and Tony Storm will probably be at ringside, you could have Willow Nightingale accompany Ruby Soho, and then she does something inadvertently, which costs Ruby, and so Ruby turns on her instead. Uh, that's also an option. Yeah, I mean, they could go in a couple different ways, but it all leads to the same direction, in our minds at the very least. I mean, maybe they have something else in mind, but we're all kind of anticipating that this is going to be Soho joining up with the Soraya group, and that this is going to be 
more of like a you know add some more people to the teams and we'll revisit that down the line too but you got two votes for Rit hater and one for soho you unofficially yeah we're not it's not like this for points or anything no let's move over to something we talked about earlier the tnt title match samoa joe against Wardlow. now joe already has the roh television championship seems like he could go up against you know the, the entire roster at this point because he is holding two different titles and oh. this is the belt that can kind of go to somebody else and he can still be the roh tv champion or he could drop the tv title at supercard of honor and still hold the tnt title i did double check a little bit of the uh, uh the ring of honor things now so now i'm a little bit more up to speed on that but i I'm still kind of sticking to my original thing. I think Wardlow is going to win this TNT title back. And more than anything else, the reason why is because I think if you don't have Wardlow hold his own title, you got to try to figure out a way to explain why he's not going after MJF. So I'm going to go with Wardlow winning the belt. I would would, uh, go in the same direction. I think the Ward Lowe's getting his title back here. The main reason for that is because they've added that emotional element to it about the reason why Joe cutting his hair was such a big deal to him. Like the relationship with his uh, father and all that stuff that's been woven into it. The fact that Ward Lowe's been away for a while, so this would be a good way to get him back. Like, okay, super prominent again. You're the TNT champion. You could be taking on all comers again. And Joe can concentrate on being more focused on the Ring of Honor side and what will come up with that with Supercard of Honor, which we'll obviously discuss later on. If you have seen spoilers, you know who he's facing, but we won't reveal that here. So I think that I think that it is time to put the title back on Wardlow. I don't know what direction you go with next. I think you eventually have to build to the one-on-one match with Powerhouse Hobbs. Which could Hobbs be a- the face of the revolution situation. Yeah, but that feels... Yeah, and I'm not saying that would be out of the question. It just feels like that would be too soon. I think you would probably try and build that up towards a double or nothing or at least somewhere in like late March, April. But I think either way, you have Wardlow win the title here and he'll drop it down the road to some like big name that can take him down and then he can transition on to build enough, enough wins to have that match with MJF because I think he should have a title shot against MJF in some fashion, whether that's on a pay-per-view or just an episode of TV. Yeah, I think is he that he is... Max at double or nothing? Just because it's like, okay, motherfucker, it's been a year, and somehow, you know, I haven't faced you yet, but you're not getting away from me this time. I kind of picture he's probably going to be more in, like, the fighter fest range. Maybe even full gear. There's a good chance, I think, that Wordlow's the guy that beats MJF. I hope not. And if they go with that, I think it, of course, is like closer towards 2024. But maybe it's Revolution. Maybe. I don't know. Does uh, Do we know exactly when MJF's contract ends? No, I can imagine that it'll be somewhat before the like winter is coming or something. Because you have to imagine that they're going to want Max to go into like the belief being oh he went into 2024 
He's not signed. He lost the belt. So I'd imagine he'd lose it. It's not at full gear at Winter's coming. Right. So, I mean, I could see Wardlow winning the title if he is the guy that wins the title. I could see him winning the belt around full gear. Quite frankly, I wouldn't mind seeing Danielson just beat him. But I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think Wardlow's going to be the guy that beats MJF for the title. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I really and, hope not. Like, I mean, certainly doesn't have to be. There's plenty of other people that they could do. Where MJF could hold the belt until 2028 for all we... The end of time, yeah. <laughs> you know, could be the case. Uh, could be a Ricky Starks. Could be a... I don't know. Maybe they have some crazy plan where Stu Grayson wins or something for all we know. But um, Stu Grayson, out of all people, I don't know why I went with him. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go Wardlow here. And Callum, you're going to go Wardlow as well, right? Yes, Wardlow is my choice. And Rob, are you going Joe or Wardlow? Uh, I'll go Joe just to be different, but you guys have kind of convinced me that it might be Wardlow. Now, without getting too deep into it, because of course we will talk about it when it comes down to it, we'll talk about it when it airs, all the things that go along with that. Generally speaking, do you think Joe is going to be walking out of Supercard of Honor with the TV title? Not a no. chance. <laughs> okay no way in hell. i don't think that's gonna be the case either and it's gonna you be one of those things that who you might be facing because <laughs> if yeah. we're saying joe's definitely not winning a match you must think oh who the fuck could that that be again i don't want to reveal it because we can talk about it later on but like it's it's definitely not joe he's going up against slim J. <laughs> uh, i'll say this super card of honor gonna be a hell of a show to watch instead of that hall of fame <laughs> is it airing at the same time as the Hall of Fame? Yes, it is. Yeah. Sir. Son of a bitch. That is annoying. We do that as the watch along instead. I mean, we, we, might, we might kind of have to <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I, I thought it was happening earlier in the day. Nope. Ugh. Well, that is something I have to figure out what the, our plans for. It, it starts at seven, will likely be over by the time the Hall of Fame headliner is going up to speak. Hmm. Let me write myself a little note here. ROH happens at the same time. WTF. And the hall. I don't know how we're going to adjust that, but we'll come right back around to that. And we're just going to do what we always do and just roll with it. Well, I mean, we've got Sam Deliver. we got predictions for Mania. We got yeah, the we ROH. Last year with yeah, we didn't have a pay-per-view at the same time as that. Yeah, we did. It's just you didn't care about Ring of Honor. That happened at the same time as SmackDown and Hall of Fame? Yeah, I guess I just didn't. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I just don't care again this year. We'll see. But yeah, I don't uh, think that he's walking out with those uh, belts. I think by the time we get around to the end of Supercard of Honor, he's lost both of his titles, and that's perfectly fine. He's had a solid enough reign. But. Let's go to another match here. We can talk about Chris Jericho against Ricky Starks. Starks has put it in the contract that the Jericho Appreciation Society is not able to fuck around here. And that is something that I believe it was Callum and maybe Rob, maybe both of you guys had mentioned. You think that there's something else to it, that Jericho is going to potentially have somebody else instead interfere on his behalf. You still feel that way? 
course, most people who watch wrestling probably feel that way. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's still uh, that's still my my train of thinking. I don't know who that would be. I have two. Part of me is, is starting to. Um, yeah, there's a few options. I'm leaning a bit towards Andretti. As a, that's a strong front runner that Andretti just joins Jericho in the JAS. What makes you think Andretti? Because it just makes sense story wise. He's the obvious swerve. Not Strickland, Tony. <laughs> Um, but there are there are other picks as well. Again, it could be someone that we have no idea is even like going to be joining the company now, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, I don't think there's any. Andretti's the one that I think makes the most sense somewhat thematically, even though it would be a swerve. And maybe like if you can, you might be able to build towards it through his performance in the casino um, or the, the uh, face of the, the revolution ladder match. Um. So that might give us an indication of whether he could go down that path instead. But I think that just the fact that the reason why I just think that having that stipulation of Jericho Preaching Society banned from ringside just makes me think that someone else is getting involved. Yeah, I mean, and- you know, that very well could be the case because, like you said, if you've watched wrestling before, they sometimes they specifically set something up with the idea in mind that, hey, we got you. It's actually, you know, we did a 180 and it's something else. I mean, the reality is no one outsmarts Chris Jericho in this company. Mm. Like, you can get one up on Jericho, but you ain't getting the last one. And I, I kind of want to put this out there as well. It's it's not a burial of Ricky Starks if he loses to Chris Jericho. Absolutely not. No, I'm sure plenty of people will complain about it, though. Yeah, he, he I mean Chris Jericho he beat Chris Jericho clean a couple of months ago. So he does already have that. He's he, he's still prominently featured on the show. I think that if he was to um if he was to lose to Jericho here, he would eventually get the win back. And I think that he's still gonna get pushed. I think he's still a potential front runner for a future TNT champion or even like a guy that could eventually get the belt off MJF. And that's not gonna change win, lose or draw in this match. But I think that you need to still give Jericho prominent wins because if you just have Jericho get beaten by everybody, then Jericho ce- ceases to be Jericho. It's not as imp- it's not as impressive when other guys that are coming up get a victory over him. So he does need to win big matches every now and again. And it's the same sort of formula that we've seen before. If you have Jericho up against every one of those pillar newcomer type guys. Then when he starts a few with jungle boy, well, jungle boy is going to get a win on him. Jericho will end up beating him and then they'll have the rubber match. And then jungle boy will win. You can't just do the same copy and paste every single time. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, this, this would work out well if it does end up that way, because Jericho gets a victory and he can move on to someone else. Um, in, in the meantime, and Ricky can concentrate on whoever the person is that interfered in the match. Jericho can then, yeah, and then they can eventually come back and have a rubber match, maybe sometime round bell. I don't know, double or nothing, or in the lead up to double or nothing. There, there's there, there are different options you can go here, uh, but I I think that it's there's still a good chance that Ricky wins as well. I don't I'm not super confident one way or the other on this one, but if 
gun to my head, I would say that Jericho wins due to somebody else's interference. Yes, I agree with that statement. I'm going to now see something that might be a little off the wall, but it's just, just hear me out. I think there's a chance that if it's not Andretti, it could be the big show. I mean, they did try to do the whole Jericho show. Jericho trademark Jericho. Big show said he was getting back in the ring in March. I just want to put it out there that it's a possibility. Um, do I want to see that? No, <laughs> but it's it's something that could happen. I, I would ultimately go with Andretti. Though. Andretti turns turns the JAS. That's a jerk. See, I'm actually going to say, despite the fact that we can, you know, we keep talking about this idea of who's going to interfere on Jericho's behalf, since we don't have any like fantasy league stuff on the point, uh, on the on the line or anything, I'm going to just say Ricky Starks wins. It could be just as simple as yeah, Starks gets that one over on Jericho, and that is the end of it. In either fashion, I'd probably be okay with it. I'd be all right with it. Um, my concern would be if Starks wins, then we know it's probably the end of the story. And then I would say, okay, who's Jericho going to move on to next? And Mm -hmm. he's got a wide array of people to work with. But I think that if Ricky wins here, gold should be the next thing on his mind. So he should face whomever is the TNT champion. Or he could be the next in line to fight MJF. He just fought MJF. Yeah, they could come back around with though. Wouldn't be the way that I would do it, but like they could technically do something like that. And there's always that All Atlantic Championship as well. Yes, That's true. I don't think that that would be the case necessarily. I'm sure you aren't like you know, hey, it's very clearly heading uh, heading towards that or anything. But oh, no, it's oh, a possibility. No. Well, well uh, we've got Big Bills taking on uh, Orange Cassidy tonight, so. I'd be all, I'd be all right with um, Starks being the All Atlantic champion. I think it'd be a little bit of a step back, to be honest. I'm kind of more in the uh, TNT title range for Starks at the moment, but then again, yeah, we get the Wardlow situation too. So the thing with the All Atlantic belt is it's kind of there's no real set definition for it. Yeah, you know, it's it could be a opener title but maybe starks can make it a main event title you know well, well I, th- I think it's out of all of the um the titles it's the one that's in vogue at the moment because cassidy's had done such a great job with the title but i think that actually like again maybe i'm just this the most i've it. enjoyed him personally like, yeah and it's a case that even though the tnt title has more prestige to it because it's been around longer i think maybe actually at this moment in time it might be better for starks to be the all Atlantic champion than the TNT champion. So I'm going to go Starks for the sake of it. You guys are both going Jericho. Yes. Yeah. You too, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that match will be fun. I'm sure we all agree on that one. Certainly. Yeah, there's, this... not, there's not, there's not a match that I don't think will be fun on this card. Well, I know I'm really looking forward to this Texas death match. <laughs> this between this John Moxley. I, I want to watch like 
This is my main event, personally. <laughs> John Moxley is, of course, he's going to bleed like a suck pig like he does in every single match. But it's going to take it even more to another level. Hangman Adam Page is certainly going to be having to tough out a really strong brawl in this. I think they're going to beat the living shit out of each other. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think I'm still in the same boat that I was before, which was this all started with Paige getting injured. And unless you're turning Moxley heel, they are possibility. I think that it would need to end with Paige winning and Moxley and Paige kind of being like, all right, well, you know, now we respect each other. So, I mean, the heel turns a possibility. And if you do that, he does something. He takes out Paige. It ends up being like, yeah, oh, he crossed the line a little bit. And then he could end up being like, you know, hey, there is no line. And then the Black Bull Combat Club, you know, we do whatever we need to do to be able to, to win and everything. Certainly could be the case. But I'm going to go with Paige winning just for the sake of keeping it simple. Um, I don't know who's going to win. At one point, I would have told you absolutely Hangman Page. Good God, John Moxley needs to go on vacation. <laughs> but Moxley's doing great, and I don't want to see this run end because, and maybe it's just me, I'm very hyper-focused sometimes. I'm like, well, you never know when this will be like his last full run, and with the run he's on, I don't want it to end, so... I would say win, lose, or draw. I don't want Moxley to go away, but I think Moxley needs to win. I think Hangman works so much better as a guy who is down on his luck and down on his fortune, and he needs to lose here. He needs to make peace with the elite. The fans want it. The fans have wanted it for, like, what has it been, like, three years already? Like, he needs to make peace with them. It would be this symbolic, like, coming together of the original mission statement to kind of steal what Cody Rhodes said about uh, Brawl Out. They should be together, and I think a loss here is a great way to have him find his way back there. I think that could be definitely a possibility. I'm definitely not ruling out John Moxley getting the victory. But I think that the way this feud has gone, which is... Moxley winning the match due to the injury, then Hammond Page getting a victory and knocking Moxley loopy in the process, and then Moxley winning the quote-unquote rubber match with a like a technical pin. I think they probably should give Page the victory here. It's a Texas Death match. It's his. I'd say that right now that's his specialty match in AEW. He won the uh, he defeated like Lance Archer in this match, and I think there's only been one other Texas Death match in uh, AEW, and that's was when Moxley lost to Archer for the uh, uh, the IWGP US Championship. So I think that you want to give the victory to Page here because I think you should really be building towards Page versus MJF at Double or Nothing. That is a good Double or Nothing match as well. Mm-hmm. And I not think. The Wardload thing a, a year later for Page, which is, it doesn't feel like a year, but a year later for Page does seem like a good story. And that's when I think you have him have that crushing defeat, which leads him back to the elite. I think that would mean a lot more if it's for the world championship. It's like he gets so close to regaining that world title, which he feels like he needs to give himself direction and he loses out on that. And he says, OK, well, I, 
I'm not. I can't be. I'm not the world champion. I I lost the match. However, he ended up losing it by hook or by crook. I I'm not the champion right now. So I need something else to help me feel complete again. And that's when he goes to the goes to the elite, and they reach. You should they reach reunite. for a bottle. With the way you framed that, he should reach for a bottle first. Yeah, that, and they yeah, should well, stop him. Oh yeah, that, that absolutely could be the case as well. I think that I think Paige is such a compelling character when he's done when he's handled really well. I think the last couple of months he's been a bit lost in the wilderness. The, this Moxley feud has helped bring him back to where he was, or at least like on the journey back to that. Uh, but I think you need to continue that by him getting the victory here, and Moxley could take a loss. Moxley is as bulletproof a person you can have on the roster right now. And as I say, he shouldn't be losing often, but I think against a fellow top guy who is still a star that's... Like, we forget that Paige is still very, very young. Like, he's, like, what is he, early 30s? Yep. Yeah, 31. So he's still got a lot of... He's still going to be, like, a big player for AEW for, hopefully, for years and years to come. So I think Moxley putting him over here will do well. Moxley can either take a break for a little while or then come back with Blackpool Combat Club with like a renewed focus on the Combat Club. And that's when I think they're going to transition towards the heel group. And that could be a good way of also, like I say, if, if you don't have the CM Punk and FTR thing, having those guys feud with the elite, uh, the elite over the trio championship, that could be a good way of bringing Paige into the fold as well. Mm-hmm. And losing here could be one of those things that turns Moxley towards... All right, I wasn't as brutal as I should have been. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like they, they then double down on this, the sadism side of their of their group. And you get... And, like, as I say, I still would be super into just because of the narrative surrounding the CM Punk and FTR coming back together against the Elite. But you can't say that a four-on-four match between the combined forces of the Elite, or, like, however you want to describe them, against... Um, against all four members of Blackpool Combat Club wouldn't be something special as well. I would so love I'm, that. Yeah. I'm gonna go page. Go to your head or yeah, whatever up. weapon that they're gonna use in this match to your head. You're, um, you're going page as well. I'll go Moxley just to be different, but this is the match I can't wait to see. We do have one other match, the main event of the show is going to be a 60 minute Iron Man match between MJF and Brian Danielson. This of course is a match that, I mean, we are all fans of both of these guys. So I don't think it needs to even be said that we're looking forward to this because this could be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, 60 minute Iron Man matches can be, a chore to get through or they could be absolutely amazing. You can go in a lot of different directions. I am hoping this is not one of those situations that they tend to do with a lot of other things where I don't want to see them go 60 minutes, have zero, zero do the overtime. And then MJF just gets a cheap win. The Iron Man match thing to me, it should have some falls to it. Now, you don't need to have like 42 to 26 or something like that, especially not that big of a gap. But I am hoping that we get maybe at least like two or three per person. I'd be down with like Danielson gets like a roll up. MJF uh, is able to 
do one of those things that we've seen before where it's like, you know, he gets disqualified by using like a chair. So then Danielson's up by two, but because he did that, he beat the shit out of Danielson. So he gets a pinfall and then he's able to get another pinfall because he follows that up, whatever. Now it's even like, you know, I want to see them play around with the gimmick. I don't want to see them just have a match that happens to be 60 minutes. And then you go, well, you know, in the last 10 seconds, that's when the pinfall happened. I do want to see a 60 minute match. That's really, really good. But if you're going to go with the Iron Man concept, instead of just a pure match that happens to go 60 minutes, let me see some pinfalls. Let me see some DQs. Let me see some count outs, some mission here and there. I want them to have fun with it, but it ultimately does come back around to MJF is going to retain this. I do not think he is dropping this belt. And it's, one of those by hook or by crook things, but I do not expect hook to be involved. <laughs> he does not have a tag team partner yet named crook, but MJF is going to retain by shenanigans for sure. I, first of all, MJF isn't the kind of wrestler who can do the, well, we're just going to wrestle for 60 minutes and then I'll squeak by a pinfall. There's going to be falls throughout this match. And I think MJF is probably going to have to come back from a deficit where it'll be like, oh my god, Brian is smoking this guy because he's out of his element. And then, you know, let's say Brian's like 2-0 and then MJF gets disqualified. So then he's up 3-0, but then MJF, because he cheated, starts just racking up some pinfalls. I think that's the way you can kind of see this match go. Either way, it's going to be super fun. These guys are great. Uh, I I know that Brian doesn't, but I don't know a single wrestling fan in the world right now that would say, I wouldn't want to see Brian Danielson as my world champion. He's so good. I wish he was winning here. He's likely not and likely will never be AEW world champion because he doesn't want to be and he doesn't need to be. But he's so much fun. And this is a great run leading up to this match. This is the perfect opponent for Mox. Uh, for Mox. For Max. Because Max is, you know, doing the whole chicken shit heel. And he doesn't want to wrestle him for an hour. I think Max is going to surprise us. But I just... I, I can see this going either way. And I would love see Danielson walk out with the belt just because it feels like this company was made for Danielson, just a younger Danielson, you know, and I would love to see him get that run, but he likely won't. MJF will likely have this title until 2024. So I'm going to say Max wins with, I guess, three to two in the end because uh, he was able to not tap out to the in the end uh first of all yeah i agree that i think mjf is definitely retaining the title so i won't bury the i'll bury the lead a little bit there by saying yeah i know what the result went up being the way they go about it is the more interesting thing and that's why it's the match that i'm like paying to see how this show how all the other ones I I would love to see a situation where Brian goes like two up after like three or four minutes, where he essentially just 
takes MJF down to the mat and just puts out some really unique, intricate pinfalls or gets him in the submission really, really quickly. And MJF just has to tap out because he doesn't want to do any serious damage to himself early on. And just like you get into a situation where Danielson is like charging ahead and completely taking this guy to school and maybe just starts doing that old MJF thing where he's two new up and he just starts running around the ring, starts running away, starts like doing that <laughs> stuff, getting MJF super, super frustrated. Cause I think the crowd would absolutely love that like early on. And then MJF, you know, you can do the thing that you described earlier. He gets frustrated, he gets disqualified, he hits him with the diamond ring. He does all this stuff. He starts wearing him down after that, starts getting a few pinfalls back because of that. You build on the arm injury that uh, Danielson's had over time and how people have been focusing on it in the trials and matches leading up to this. And then you, yeah, and then you eventually build up to have a close finish where NGF's got the victory and it looks like Danielson might be able to get hold of it or is has put him in a precarious uh, position, but time just runs out and NGF manages to sneak away with the victory. But I would I would love to see a circumstance where it's just MJF is like is desperate at some point. He's just so unbelievably desperate. He knows he's behind and just see how far he goes, because the whole story leading into this, which I think has been a fantastic story. We've now gotten to the point where he's let his true feelings about Brian Danielson out, which is this title is the only thing that keeps him going. But if it gets into a situation where it looks very, very clearly like Danielson is ahead and likely to win at least in a kayfabe standpoint then mjf just to see the levels of desperation and violence and just that aspect of mjf's character that we might be able to explore by him having to chase to keep hold of his title that's the most interesting i hope that it goes in that direction i hope it's not just a mjf mjf is ahead for the vast majority of it and like Danielson is to have to keep trying to come back into it. I think they should really play into the whole Danielson's going to expose MJF and expose him really early on and then have MJF claw his way back mm-hmm. to eventually retain the title. I think that's the more interesting story. Yeah, I want Danielson to be the one that's in charge of this match for sure. It's more of his type of match. So why wouldn't he? You know? And the people are, I'm sure. If you were like to tease that and whatever, yeah, they're going to get themselves hyped up. Like, oh my God, maybe he is going to win and all. Then that gets you some heat. It also gets people that are just super into the match because they're just like, oh my God, you know, Danielson's got four and MJF's got nothing. Like, what's going to happen here? And I don't think that it should end with like any kind of clean, you know, okay, MJF gets three falls in the last two minutes of the match type thing. So, no, whatever. He's got to cheat in some fashion. But the desperation should build throughout the match. It shouldn't just be you have a match for 58 minutes and then, oh, crap, we're running out of time. Now we need to actually kick it in the next gear, you know. But I'm really looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And overall, I mean, the pay-per-view itself, I'm looking forward to. There's not really like a bad thing on here. I do think that the women's match is probably going to be my least favorite segment of the night, but at least there's the interesting what's going to go on with Ruby Soho that it's got like for a little bit of intrigue on that one. So I think revolution is usually their best show of the year. Like when you just quickly think about it, they have a lot of really good revolution pay-per-views and 
I don't see this one being any different. And it's it's a great way to start what's going to be a crazy five weeks wrestling. And I am looking forward to every single match on the card. Now, obviously, tonight we got Dynamite. Things might change. We obviously know we are going to get the Casino Battle Royale. Sort out who's that other team. Maybe they add some other matches to the card. Maybe we get some confirmation of anything else. Maybe there's turns. Maybe there's swerves. We'll address any of that stuff that happens on the hot tags that are going to be coming up in the uh, Friday afternoon recording that we do. So stay tuned for that. And we'll obviously talk about anything else. We'll give our predictions for NXT Roadblock. We'll talk about the different news that happens and any other kind of means of whatever else happens this week. We got a knock on wood that nothing crazy, too crazy happens at least. But we will talk about all that on the hot tags. And of course, when it comes to Sunday night, we got the pay per view point post show following Evolution or Revolution. I should say not Revolution. I don't know why I said that. Um, Revolution will happen until probably oh, two in the morning, the way that <laughs> have these things, but I'll be there to give my breakdown. I'm not too sure if either of these guys are going to be able to join me. I'm kind of assuming that I might be flying solo for this one, but if they are, then they'll be there. And obviously I hope that you guys are there with the live chat and tell me what you thought about everything. Now, when you want to follow what we've got going on, of course, you should follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smart Cat moment. You should follow me all over the place on the places that you can see on amangotree.com or anthonymango.com. You can see a whole bunch of different social media accounts there and even things like my letterbox and my LinkedIn and all. But Facebook and Twitter at Tony Mango are definitely going to be where you can see me just, you know, regularly interacting in different ways. But trying to get a little bit more involved in the Twitter side of things. Still not my favorite thing in the world to do, but it is something that I might do more of. And the more that you guys tweet at me, the more that I'm likely to just tweet back at you and kind of keep the conversation going and also follow all the different things that you can see there. Obviously, of course, you should be following all the stuff on Smart Cat Moment, but do the same thing when it comes to the Fanboys Anonymous stuff that you can see over on fanboysanonymous.com. Follow the Facebook and Twitter. Head up to Patreon for that. Make sure that you end up promoting more of the fanboy stuff because the more that we get support for fanboys, the more that we get for a smart cap moment, YouTube as well, youtube.com slash fanboys anonymous, where you can check out whatever it is that we are doing on that front. The blue brand is something that I want to do more and more and more of. And I know that obviously it's not the same thing as the pro wrestling stuff. So if some people are like, Oh, we're not interested in that. We only are interested in pro wrestling. I totally get it. But if you are a fan of anything else and you want to check out like my tier list of Pokemon, you know, it was Pokemon Day uh, a day or so ago. So I already did that in advance. That is up on there. And I plan on doing some more James Bond content. I plan on doing quite a bit more with all the superhero stuff, including, of course, the Blueprint Project that you can check out, where I will be recording sometime very soon the first five synopsis of, or the, the synopsis of the first five, I should say. Flip that around a little bit stories in volume one of the batman a nighttime story 100 records from the wayne foundation archives i will be doing a tease in some fashion of the power rangers project that will be sometime towards around wrestlemania i want to get something out about that before they release the netflix thing 
So obviously I can't just be sitting there going like, okay, here's the full 13 film story. I don't want to spoil everything like that, but I will at least do somewhat of a teaser in some fashion when it comes to that. I've been working on everything from the Star Wars side of things to the Superman side of things, Spider-Man, X-Men, Thor, James Bond, Ninja Turtles, you name it. If it's on that kind of geek culture spectrum, it's something that I'm interested in doing more of. And if you want more of that content, let me know and make sure that you share and like and subscribe and hit up to Patreon and do everything you can to help support out Fanboys Anonymous. And of course, do all the things I had mentioned before with the same thing on Smart Cat Moment, like the Patreon and all that stuff. But you shouldn't just be following what I've got going on. You should be following what these guys are up to as well. Hit them with your plugs. You can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. Check out everything I'm doing on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, DudeFelice.com. Inching closer, I did just write a blog that I know is supposed to go there, so we're, we're very close. Um, follow my work on Fightful, follow my work on WrestleZone, follow Fightful for all the revolution scoops, for exclusive interviews with the likes of Keith Lee, Ruby Soho, for uh, subscribe to Fightful Select for a great look at Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania pitches and uh, the whole schedule of what's happened in that regard. So, uh, Fightful Select is the best $5 in the business. I do genuinely believe that. Sean works very hard. Hit them up. Check out WrestleZone. Check me out on all my socials. I thank you for all the support. And here's Callum. You can find me on Twitter at Weekmeister14. Over on the SmartCamp website, my weekly contribution is found at the Power Rankings where you can see me ranking the WWE superstars from number one down to number 10 on a weekly basis, depending on their performance and a KFA perspective throughout the week. Other than that, you can also check out the Fantasy League, either like through the navigation and Smart Cat Moment or going directly to www.fantasyleague.com, where you can see how we're all shaping up as the weeks towards WrestleMania get ever shorter and the opportunities to score points get ever fewer, and we're very close to crowning our champion for the 2022-2023 season. So stay tuned, follow that along to make sure that you're always up to date with the scorings as we go into WrestleMania weekend. And of course this weekend, as I said, Revolution is happening. That is our big priority for Sunday night. Hot tags in the meantime... And we will see you with those podcasts and everything else that goes on for this whole road to WrestleMania and so on and so forth in 2023. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And we will see you then, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment. And we are being counted out.